0: Hello. Welcome to Post-Colonial Space. I'm Masood Raja, and today I'm recording in Wheeling, West Virginia. Behind me is the Ohio River. You can see the bridge over there, and further back is the Wheeling Island. So that's the setting of today's talk, and I will be talking about two concepts. Discussed by Giorgio Agamben in most of his work, but especially in Homo Seca. And these are the concepts of bios and zoe. And then I'll kind of connect these concepts to contemporary politics and ways of viewing each other as human beings. So, zoe and bios. So, Agamben takes these concepts from Aristotle and his distinction between Zoe and Bios. And there are other philosophers who have used the two concepts too, but the basic distinction is is that Zoe is what a government calls bare life. Everything that lives, exists, and dies is Zoe. Bios is qualified life. It's life that can constitute existence as human beings, people who have rights. So this is the two ways in which life is viewed philosophically and this is how Agamem picks up the two concepts because for him, and this is me kind of paraphrasing a very complex work, in any given society or power dynamics there is bare life which is just essential life, and there are those who qualify as BIOS. These are the people who have public lives, they have rights, right? And they are viewed as fully realized human beings. Now, there is another work by Roberto Esposito called BIOS, which builds on Agamben's concept of ZOE and uh, BIOS, which I highly recommend you to read. But how does this this knowing help us? This theoretical vocabulary, how does this enable us to look at the world? So in any given situation, in a power dynamic, people who are treated as bare life, who can be dispensed with, and in certain cases obliterated, are treated as bios, as bare life. And people who are the right holders who hold power and also hold the rights are considered pious. The ones without rights, of course, are Zoe, right? A clear example of it, and I cited it in uh, one of my essays, let's say on Taliban and their treatment of women. Even though within the Quranic explanation of rights, women are qualified. Life, they have rights, they have privileges. In the politics unleashed by the Taliban, women are reduced to the level of zori as passive right holders, not as active right holders. So another distinction in any given society or polity that you can make and look at is who is considered the active holder of rights. These are the people who are agents, who get to do things. And who are the people who are passive right holders? These are the people who are allowed to exist, but they cannot affect, affect any change, right? They have no control over their lives. So understanding these two concepts enables us to see beyond, you know, the Marxian distinction of class or race or ethnicity just by the constituted aspect of our identities as Zoe or Bios and then rights associated with it. It it gives us another subtle way of looking at these distinctions and looking at these things. And I won't go into the details of Homo Sacre itself and what is killable and what is not, but in order for any powerful group to declare a group worthy of deletion, killing, like the Holocaust, they must first strip those people of bios and reduce them to the level of zoe, and only then can they treat them as less than humans. So there is this distinction to be kept in mind. Anytime someone dehumanizes a group or demonizes them, they have to reduce them from the level of bios to the level of zoe. So, I mean, you know, like, Bush saying these people are animals, right? The moment he declares a certain constituency as animals, then they can be treated like animals, right? Similarly, if any constituency is considered less than human, then they can be treated as less than human. That's what is at stake in these philosophical ways of looking at the world and people and their lives, but then there are political ramifications of that. Uh, Look at your own politics, wherever you live. You live in India, you live in Pakistan, you live in Europe, right? If there are certain people who are declared less human than others, immigrants, for example. In India, if you're watching the right-wing political discourse, any non-Hindus. In Pakistan, similarly, any non-Muslims declared by the conservative right or certain political groups by dominant political groups as less than human, they are employing the same strategies of stripping someone of their full humanity because once they do that, then they can ostracize them, they can demonize them, and they can literally eliminate them. So any time now, you know, with this brief explanation... Of course, I recommend you to read uh, Agamon, Homo Saker especially, and Roberto Esposito's bios for a more complex understanding of the concepts. But if you're looking at the world and you want to look at it beyond class or gender or ethnic identity, you also now have these two concepts in your arsenal of trying to judge Who is the active right holder and part of bias with the public identity and public privileges and who is being reduced to the level of Zoe with no rights as passive existing beings in any given political or social system and that will give you probably a more nuanced understanding of how power works in any given situation. So that's it from the banks of Ohio River. I will sign off now. Hope you all are doing well. Please take care of each other and I will now see you next time. Until then, as always, peace and love.